Welcome back, everybody. It's another amazing episode of Connect the Knox. I'm your host, Julia Hurley, connecting Knoxville to the nation. And today's podcast guest is founder, owner, operator of K-Brew, one of our favorite coffee places in all of Knoxville, Pierce Lamakia. Pierce, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Julia. Super excited to be here. <laughs> Are you jazzed up on your own coffee today? So jazzed up. <laughs> Every day on my own coffee. <laughs> I have to control myself. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so tell, we're going to start it off the same way we start everybody off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to Knoxville. Yeah, I was uh, born in Asheville, North Carolina, but Knoxville, Tennessee is home. Moved here when I was five years old, my family, and family's all still here except for my older brother who lives up in Boston now, but um, yeah, grew up here, loved Knoxville. You know, back in the day, I feel like it was late culture, UT balls, movie theaters, and restaurants, and now it's just exploded. We've got festivals, we've got concerts, we just have uh, so much going on, I can't even keep up with it. Um, 2013, started K-Brew, and you know, that's a whole story in and of itself. Well, that's why we're here. Tell us all about it. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my younger brother and I started K-Brew in 2013. I was working at a local advertising agency, and I just realized I needed to do my own thing. I was definitely not the best employee. Um, I was very headstrong, trying to be the leader when that was definitely not my title. And um, yeah, I was actually just having trouble sleeping as I realized that I needed to start my own thing. Um, needed to succeed or fail, run my own business. And um, so that sort of compelled me to start K-Brew and called my younger brother up who was a sophomore at UT at the time and said, hey, you want to drop out of school? I'll quit my job and uh, <laughs> we can go start this thing. And, uh, this, you know, long, long pause on the phone <laughs> as he's uh, wondering the next five years of his life what it's going to be like. And he's like, all right, man, let's do it. And so, um, yeah, it happened very quickly after that. You know, we were open six months after that phone call. Um, and then I feel like every year after that has just been a new element of growth, you know, figuring something new out. And now we're at four stores. We're at a coffee roastery. We're at a bagel, bagel bakery. I've got my bagel hat on uh, to represent all my amazing bakers. I love um, that. The bagels are, are baked fresh every morning and delivered every morning to all four stores. Uh, and we, we roast a lot of coffee. I think last year my coffee roaster uh, estimated that we roasted 93 million beans. Um, so, you know, we roast a lot of coffee out of that, host a lot of events out of our roastery. It's kind of a entertainment space and coffee roastery. So yeah, we're having an, an awesome time. We're having a lot of fun, um, you know, serving coffee and bagels to your city. It's just, it, you feel like you're fueling your city every single day. And that's what we love. We love being a place for meetings, uh, synergy to happen, making connections and all that stuff. So you know, our, our mission at K-Brew is to create and enable human connection. And so that's how we train our staff. That's how we structure our stores. We want human connection to occur, especially in a year where a lot's happening online and not a lot's going on face-to-face. -face. We really want to push the face-to-face. -face. And so whether that's a solo person coming in who can create some human connection with a barista uh, or it's two people coming in and, and their goal is to have some human connection. We just want to facilitate that. That's what K-Brew is all about. And, and really the coffee and the bagels and, and the stores are just uh, the tools that we, use, that we use to accomplish that mission of human connection. So super fun. You know, I'm, I'm honored to be 
leading this thing. We got about 90 employees now. Um, it's, it's hard to believe we started off with like four employees and I was working behind the bar slinging coffee. Um, but yeah, roles change, vision changes. Um, and the growth is really just, uh, taken off, especially here in the past couple of years. So I'm loving it. I think that what you just said encompasses why so many businesses don't succeed and why yours has is you literally just summed it up as vision changes. Things change and you have rolled with that change. Like, all right, this is changing. Let's go. Let's make a new vision. Let's make a new growth plan. Let's make some new employees. Let's make some new changes. Okay. We're rolling with it. Let's embrace it and, and grow. I'm a change. I'm a change person. I mean, I, I love new stuff. I love, I love different stuff. I love change. And and that can be its own challenge in business, right? Because you do need to hunker down and just focus on one thing for a while sometimes. But you know, it's great that you brought that up because in 2019, um, we realized that our first vision, we had accomplished it. When we wrote our first vision in 2013, it was to become Knoxville's coffee company. And, you know, this isn't to be disparaging of any other, the amazing coffee companies in Knoxville, but we really felt like we had become that. And so we said, okay, we're going to check that vision off and we're going to very quickly discover, you know, that bigger, broader vision, uh, frankly, that we can take to other cities as well. You know, you can't take become Knoxville's coffee company to California, but you can take this idea of creating and enabling human connection. You can take that anywhere. And I, I feel like there's a lot of markets that uh, desperately need something like K-Brew um, as, as a community hub, as that place that human connection is, is happening. So I love that you bring up pivoting the vision, changing it, improving it, because, yeah, that is a lot of, of business. And, you know, we've been in business almost 10 years now. Chances are it's, we've got a new vision. I mean, heck, I was 24 when I started K-Brew. Like the idea that I had some perfect business vision at 24 is uh, probably a little absurd. Well, I think it's a lady like, hey, kid, let's drop out of college. Let's make a coffee shop. Let's go. And, and Julia, like, my you parents are winning were, business awards. My parents were so pissed at me. Oh, my <laughs> God. I remember my mom saying, well, how's he going to finish school? If he's running K-Brew at the same time. And I said, well, he's not. And she's like, Pierce. <laughs> I was like, it's his choice. He made it. But yeah, it, it took them a couple of years to realize that uh, that Michael had made the, the correct decision. So, Well, sometimes school's not the answer. It's not the answer for everybody. And if it were, we wouldn't have entrepreneurs. For sure. It's a, it's a kind of a controversial subject these days. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I recommend people to really investigate if college is for them. I, I know a lot of guys, young guys in particular, and I'm sure there's a lot of young girls. I just don't talk to as many of them. But there's a lot of young guys who just want to get out and make money and start their own business and, like, hustle. And, um, you know, for me, I, I feel like that four or five years might have been spent better, um, you know, starting my business at 18. Um, so, again, entrepreneurship's not for everybody, just like college isn't for everybody. And I, I feel like people need to – or young kids in particular really need to take a hard look at that. What would be your best advice then to somebody? What everybody he's like, I've had my business a decade, right? And people are always saying, Oh, I can't believe you've made it a decade. I can't believe how much success you've had. I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. And I'm like, I if I would have started this pre-college, had mm-hmm. I not gone to school, I had a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in debt, right? So I leave college, I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt. The starting pay back then was $14 an hour. I think I got a job making $24,000 a year as a bank teller, right? Ooh. I was making $0. I had rent to pay. You know, I had yeah. your, your child, your um, 
student loan payments start the next day. That you, They're not like, oh, look at you. Let me give you six months. No, they don't care. And the interest rate's like 25% on $100,000. I didn't pay my student loan debt off until like five years ago. I'm 40, yeah. right? Yep. Because I kept deferring it because it just was never enough. It was never enough. Yep. Never enough. I started my own real estate firm. I start selling real estate. I realize I can start a coaching real estate company because now I'm an expert after a few years. I'm selling 100 homes a year. This is a system. It is a model. It can be recreated. It can be taught. Other people can do it. And I thought, how interesting had I had that $100,000 to start a business, how much further I would be in my life today. Not yeah. that I'm not far, but I could be further. Yeah. I think but it's pretty I far, I wanted that 80-hour work week. And we all know it takes, you know, Elon Musk said sleep in, the, sleep, in the, sleep in your office for the first two years. That's yeah. what you do. You eat, breathe it, sleep it. That's all you do for the first yeah. two years. And it builds itself and you create it. What advice outside of that would you give? You know, these days when young people ask me if they should start their own business, I say no. Or if they say, what's your, what's your advice for someone who wants to start a business? I say don't. And I do that very intentionally because there's plenty of motivational material out there. There's plenty of people screaming at them going, you can do it. Start your own thing. You know, I say, if I tell you not to do it and then you still go out there and do it, you should be doing it. Entrepreneurship is a calling. It's something that compels you. It's something that makes you do it. And you do that at the expense of, or I guess counter to everybody telling you you shouldn't do it. And so, you know, I, I just feel like there's a, there's a flood of motivational stuff out there. I really think that very few people, uh, just percentage-wise, should probably be an entrepreneur and go out and do their own thing because it's grueling. Most of the people I meet who run their own business are very eccentric, very, you know, different. I'm definitely like that. Uh, I'm like that. A little that. strange, a little quirky, <laughs> a little psychopath or something, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> um, but – but we had to. We were compelled to. And and everybody in the world could have told me not to do it. And it, it wouldn't have mattered. Even the voices in my head saying this is a foolish idea. It didn't matter. So, you know, it is a little bit of a joke, of course, when I tell a young person that. But it, there is a lot of truth to it. Um, you know, should they do it? Probably not. <laughs> but yeah. that's life, you know. And, and they should take risks and enjoy it. And, you know, just for any young person out there, all I would say is count the cost. If you spend four years at various coffee shops in a city and you intentionally get to know as many people as you can and just have a business card with your name and your phone number and maybe some of your passions and your hobbies and tell a story and talk about your interests, you do that for four years instead of going to school for four years, maybe that's the right path for you because your network is going to be monstrous. You're probably going to have multiple job offers. Um, but, you know, I never want to disparage the engineer, the lawyer, the doctor, the people who really need to go through uh, college and really need to get that certification. Like, that's awesome, too. But just count the cost. You know, nothing is default. Entrepreneurship is not default. College isn't default. You know, it's not a system. We're not uh, on a manufacturing line that we all should be doing the same thing. So, you know, there are some serious downsides to going to school these days with the debt and all of that. Um, but you know, if you're looking to be a doctor or lawyer, whatever, there's some serious downsides to not going to school. Uh, you know, one of the best things that some of my buddies have done over the years and some of my mentees have been uh, just a gap year, just take a gap year, like go travel, go be an apprentice, go learn a, um, a blue collar skill like uh, welding oh, yeah. or something, yes. or, you know, go, go get into car sales and just like learn how learn how to sell. Um, you know, do something for a year so that when you make the decision to go to college, it's really 
you making it. You're not just following some, you know, preordained path. Um, so that would be my recommendation. You know, I'm not. I'm certainly not anti-college, um, but I certainly don't think that everybody should be going. And you know, especially with the internet and all these other all these other tools we have at our disposal, um, just count the cost is what I'd say. Pain head to toe. Go see Dr. Joe. Certified sports chiropractor with specialties in dry needling, soft tissue therapy, TENS unit targeting, and spinal manipulation. 15 years of athletic chiropractic training at your service right here in Knoxville, located off of South Peters Road. That's Dr. Joe Cairo at GoSeeDrJoe.com. Call the office today or visit our website. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's there's always a path. I always I always knew I didn't belong where I was, but I really wasn't sure how to get out of it. So I was stuck. I was like, well, I don't really love all the things that I'm being taught. I don't see how I'm ever going to use them. I'm right. not sure that this conversation is going to take place in my future. This is where I am right now. Couldn't see where I needed to be. And then being offered a career where literally I set the tone for what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do it, and then bring people along with me. It's like, oh, oh, this is what this is. This is what I was meant to be yeah. doing. But not everybody has that drive. We have the same. We have the same college experience. I mean, I was the exact same way, sitting there, and and how that manifested itself for me is a lot of like debating professors when I shouldn't have been. I got kicked out of class so many times. Being a little and dick, like. But just, just go. I'll give you a C. Just get out of my class. I know. I should have just like withdrawn. Like if that was gonna be my attitude. But instead, I stayed in because I my mentor, my main mentor at the time, and I love him to death. But he said you've got to go to college. And so I listened to him. You know, he's very successful, uh, owns resorts, and you know, big time. And so he had never gone to college. But he said, you know, times have changed. You've got to go. And so I listened to that. But looking back on it, yeah, I mean, it's probably the same sort of experience of just not sure how this is all going to work. And then of course, to make matters worse, because I've never been a good student, I was a fifth year senior. So now I'm in for five years miserable, you know, and I think I graduated with like a, Julie, listen to this. I think I graduated with a two, seven, five, something like that. You did better than me. I really? graduated with a two, six, three. Oh man. I graduated with a two, six, three. And the only reason I had that is because, and I'll never forget two very specific professors who could they two people out of four years? Two people saw me. They really saw me, right? So one was Dr. Brunger, and he was my senior thesis advisor. So we had to write a freshman thesis and a senior. Yeah. Thesis. Both were just. I was like, why am I doing this? But now that I'm writing my own book, I kind of I'm like, well, I was thankful for that. But other than that, learned nothing throughout that process. Zero capability to use in the future. Useless to me. Yeah. And Every time I would present my thesis to him, he would read it and he would look at me and he would, it would the paper would be bleeding with three red markers. Uh -huh. Give it back to me and he would say, if you'll just finish it, <laughs> if you'll just, and I, I mean, I was just like, this is torture. Yeah. This is a waste of my time. And he's like, yes, it is. Like, just you get through it. You don't need to be here. But if you persevere through this uncomfortable situation, I promise everything you're learning from me right now will teach you what you need in the future. So I remember that conversation so clearly that even now today when I'm doing something I don't want to do, but I know that if I can get through it to the other side of it, I'm going to, it's going to be fine. There you go. I think of him in my brain, handing me back my senior thesis going, if you'll just do it. There was your $100,000 lesson. <laughs> that was my $100,000 right there, Dr. Brunner. So the reason I bring up my GPA is because it's, it's, 
hilariously ironic that like two or three years ago, I was voted the um, alumni of the year <laughs> at UT. And I was like, clearly they did not survey my previous professors. I mean, they would have been like, uh, who do you want? And absolutely not. But yeah, I mean, it's very ironic. And now it's interesting getting a little bit of maturity, getting a little bit of what's that? I gave a speech at my alma mater. Yeah. And I was like, they let me in the door and they Amazing. like me. They like, like me now. Yeah. Did you like me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting a little bit of, getting a little bit of perspective, a little bit of maturity and kind yeah. of stepping away, you know, from my college experience. Like now I, I genuinely love uh, the university system and what it does for the city. And, you know, anybody I've ever met, uh, most of the people I've ever met who work for UT, who are, who are there really genuinely care about the kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like really genuinely care about the education and about Knoxville as a whole. And so it's it's one of these things where it's like now I have a lot of respect for it. And now I really see um, what they're trying to do and what they accomplished in, in many cases. It's just trying to fit uh, a square peg in a, a round hole. I think that's the saying. Yeah. Square peg to a round hole, you know, and I was that square peg and there was no fitting me in that system. So, you know, fair enough. It is what it is. And some of the professors that stick it out with you, they're like, well, we knew we knew you, you were going to be somebody. We just didn't know when. <laughs> yeah. Or what. <laughs> or what. Yeah. So Prison or point. wealthy. <laughs> One of the <laughs> other. Yeah. We didn't know if you were going to be homeless. <laughs> yeah. Homeless or leading the revolution. Uh, there's only, yeah. Homeless, uh, dead in the gutter, or leading the revolution. Um, right. So yeah. you can never tell, but there's a very specific personality to entrepreneurs when we there can is. gather and tell our funny stories and the things that we envision. I mean, our visions, when we get into a room together with several other people, I mean, it's just how big can your idea be really? And then somebody else's is going to top that. And it's going to top that. And then you have a room full of people who just created a whole new world. Yeah. It's just the way that we think. Well, and this is, uh, you know, I've, I've refined over the years, just kind of going back to your original question of like what to tell young people who are thinking about starting their own thing or just people in general. I mean, whether you're 50 or, or 18 uh, and to that point of getting in the same room, I, I've, I've worked on what is that one piece of advice that I want to give them because it used to be, oh, read this book or do this. And all I tell them now is build your relationships. Like, you can do this on a spreadsheet. I've got a fantastic app that I always preach called Cove, C-O-V-V-E, mm-hmm. and it's a personal CRM, right? Mm-hmm. And so it tells you when to call people, when to check in. I'm running like 120 or 130 people on that platform that I'm just keeping up with. That's what I tell people now, uh, young people now, especially who ask me what their one piece of what my one piece of advice for them is: build that network, call people, check in. Uh, don't just send text messages. Ask to get a get lunch or get a beer. Um, you know, call them. It's amazing the power now that something like a phone call has in this age of you know Facebook messages or or texts. Um, and so that's really what I see as as being the mo- single most powerful thing that somebody can do to really set themselves up for success. Because every good thing in my life, I mean, this one, this interview included, just comes from meeting people, building that relationship, and then just kind of seeing what opportunities come from it. Um, so I would just yeah, highly recommend that. And I've got so much more uh, room to grow in that area. I'm just looking forward to being that like 80-year-old guy who's got a big black book, you know, and he could just, uh, who, who do you need to call, you know? <laughs> I love that vision. What connection do you need? Right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
I think we're on the same page there. I tell, I tell women, I have, get a lot of requests from younger women, a lot. And they're like, what do you do? How do you do this? How do you navigate this? I'm like, well, I do the relationship. Like, you need to build your relationships. But it is hard to build relationships when there are very few other female entrepreneurs. Mm. Right? So for us, it's not building the relationship so much as it is navigating the conversation properly. Mm. Because it's a stark contrast to male versus female conversations. Stark yep. contrast in business. And sure. we do we do it subconsciously. We don't even know we're doing it. So the language of sales, understanding the conversation shift and tonality mm. and how to just how do you how are you being out on the golf course playing golf when it's five guys and you? How are you gonna approach that conversation when somebody gets a little too drunk? Things are gonna get said. People are who they are. Right? They're going to let their guard down. Is yours going to be up? Is yours going to be down? So it's a conversation change on top of their relationship. So I always recommend doing a language of sales course, mm. understanding like ninja sales. It's really just about verbiage Very and cool. personality change. So adding that is always a bonus. We all know that real estate is location, location, location. Our team at Just Homes Group has the true expertise pairing buyers and sellers with the right opportunities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home right here in Knoxville, Lenore City, Clinton, or Farragut, we have the expertise throughout every Knoxville surrounding area. Call Julia Hurley at 865-237-7328. That's so cool. Yep. I love You're that. so cool. <laughs> I'm trying to be You're with my bagels hat. You mean? You're awesome. <laughs> Look at that bagels hat. Um, bagels yeah, hat. and and here's the thing. I mean, and I'm I'm sure you this comes up in in the girls that you're mentoring. It's like my pool of relationships. I I would say five percent of them are true entrepreneurs. I mean, I have fantastic relationships. Uh, people that I really love and I love checking in with who are attorneys and doctors and like. Or just, you know, working for Clayton Holmes or Axel Logistics or whatever. Um, I mean, frankly, I find that a lot of entrepreneurship conversations can get really honed in on business. And most of the time, since we're doing that in our day job, you know, maybe I like a little break. Maybe I want to talk about sports or something. Um, that's a lie. I really don't care about sports. No. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, traveling is something I actually care about. Um, but you know, it, it's not just people in your field. It's not just people in your industry. It's not just people who are doing what you are doing. Um, it's it's about having all those, you know, to use an 80s business buzzword, synergistic relationships of people doing all different types of things. Um, and that's the way connections are made because if your pool is just people like you, if somebody needs something, like what kind of connection are you going to be able to provide them? Uh, what kind of value are, gonna, are you going to be able to provide another entrepreneur? Like what value would I as a, as a coffee shop owner provide to another coffee shop owner who had the exact same number of stores like somebody who is in my exact situation? I couldn't really provide them much value, right? Because they're in the same season of life and all this other stuff. So, you know, it's it's about people um, who you respect first and foremost, you know, and maybe you respect that um, that corporate employee, that doctor, whatever. If you respect them, if you like hanging out with them, build the relationship, and it'll it'll pay you back. You'll be able to provide value to them, and and it'll be really good for your success. Well, I agree one hundred and fifty percent with that. It's 
building outside of yourself is also very hard to do because finding interest in other people when you don't know anything about that particular thing is completely different conversation. So See, learning it's so easy for me right though. I don't know if it's easy for I, – I feel like this is easy for you as well. Like yeah, it is. <laughs> just your person. Yeah. It's like when I when I meet somebody who knows everything about iguanas, that is but like – why? This is amazing. Teach me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when I meet somebody who just knows everything about coffee shops or business, I'm like, bro, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, like I'm doing this, you know, 24-7. Do I really want to talk about uh, money or, well, you know, whatever, investments? That's but, oh a my gosh. to have with, with new people. Um, I get asked this all the time. So I will get emails, text messages. I will get random inbox messages of, can I pick your brain? I'd love to buy you coffee and pick your brain. So what I always advise my, my people that I mentor and that I coach, is please don't do that. Please don't do that. If you have respect for that person's time, find out something about them that you're genuinely interested about. Love it. Don't ask them to meet you out for a coffee bring them coffee and then bring them something of value. And if you're being valuable to someone, they will see that you're making the effort. Even if they don't have a use for you or what you're offering at that point, if you say, let me bring you coffee or let me bring your office lunch. I noticed on a social media post that you did blank, blank or blank. I have a valuable proposition that could fix this, this or this. And I would appreciate your time to offer you something of value, but don't, don't be like, Hey, I want to, I want something from you, but I'm offering nothing in return. Hmm. Love it. Right. So, I mean, if I wanted to know all about iguanas, I'd be, here's a heat rock. Please teach me. Tell me everything about iguanas. I mean, they're, they're 20 bucks. Now so, I want to find somebody who knows everything about iguanas. I'm kind of curious. I, I don't know anything about iguanas. We're going to have to find somebody. We're gonna, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring you coffee at your own coffee shop and you're going to teach me there about iguanas. Go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You call me Jeff Irwin. I love it. Oh, yes, exactly. Okay. So we, we, we could talk for days, I think. Um, we have five minutes. So plans and dreams for the future. Mm. Give us a growth plan here. Um, business wise, continue to grow Kbrew. I think we're looking at additional markets right now, some maybe out of state opportunities. Um, I think Kbrew has national reach potential. Really excited about that. Um, loving loving real estate uh, right now. The, your field. Um, I, I think there's so many good opportunities out there, and um, I'm no real estate expert, but I, I think that you know there is maybe a downturn coming, and so I'm just preparing for that. Um, loading up capital and just kind of getting ready, hopefully take advantage of some distressed assets. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, you know, some small side businesses, I've, I've started uh, DJing at a local, um, uh, I guess lounge, I guess you could say having so much fun doing that. Okay. Uh, at this stage in my life, I'm very focused on like Cabrew is kind of on just a set growth trajectory. And so I'm very focused on what can I do that feeds my soul and doesn't cost me a lot of money or makes me money? And so the DJing thing is definitely one of those things. Um, and then another weird one that I got into earlier this year is stump grinding. And so I bought this, you know, huge commercial stump grinder okay. and um, just go around to people's houses and, and grind stumps. Great money. Um, so much fun. And it, you know, my day job now is behind a computer like a lot. And yeah. so I've missed getting outside nature, 
you know, smelling the, the, the wood chippings and all of that, it just really fires me up. So I've been, I've been loving being a redneck, I guess you could say. I love that for you. Um, I actually built a teepee in our backyard just because we've had to cut our camping trips completely out due to my, (laughs) and I'm working behind a computer 12, 15 hours a day. There's a teepee in our backyard. with. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was like, I've got to get outside nature. I have to be outside. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. So that's been a, f- a fun little weird one. Um, and then, you know, a home reno here too. Um, you know, but that's pretty much it business wise, you know, dreams, visions, that sort of thing. Like, Good. um, yeah, just enjoying it. All right. Three minutes or less. So we're going to do like the, the Pierce LaMakia top list, top Ooh. grocery store. Where's your favorite grocery store? Uh, grocery store. I'm, I just kind of like Kroger. Like there's several good Kroger's around here I'm just, I'm a basic guy. I, I get I on meal delivery services. Full disclosure, <laughs> I don't do any cooking. Uh, I do enjoy cooking, but I just don't have time for it right now. So I'm, no, I don't really visit grocery stores very much. All right, gas station. Gas station. Oh, geez, this is like so weird. I don't even really think about it. Um, I Wiggles. Yeah, the big Wiggles. I yeah, I love their corn dogs. Actually. Oh, their food selection in general. That that the slushy coffee thing they have. Oh my god, don't yeah. Even- well, no, you can't say that. Uh, that's terrible. You should go to Cave Room instead. Not, but. It's not coffee. It's a slushie that has coffee powder in it. <laughs> oh, gosh. It it's a slushie. It Ooh. is a coffee-flavored slushie. Okay. A, I can't. you got to try it. Okay, it's, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. If you would make one at Cave Room for me that's <laughs> coffee. <laughs> yes. Absolutely Take not. And then make one. Oh, gosh. That's your challenge. That's okay. Your challenge. All right. Okay. All right. Favorite restaurant. Or give me three if you have three. Yeah, I think three is much more realistic. Uh, Pizzeria Nora on North Central. Um, Gavino's on Kingston Pike. And uh, Simple Food Arts in South Knox. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. All right. Which I think they're changing um, yes. uh, locations soon. So I think they posted on Instagram this past so week. So exciting. Yeah, I love Kendall. Yeah. Kendall and Dave. Uh, Dave is a Pizzeria Nora. Very cool, eccentric business owner. Kendall's awesome. Uh, they're there. Their stores every single day. I haven't met the owner of Gavino's yet, but um, I'm sure he's a big, jolly Italian guy based on the food selection. Well, let's put it out there in the world. Pierce Lamacchia wants to meet you. Pierce Lamacchia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Whatever you put out there, you're going to get back. I just want to thank him for his amazing pasta and pizza. Yeah, he does have really good food. Golly. <laughs> Probably what I'm going to have for dinner. All right, last question. When someone visits you from out of state that's never visited Knoxville, where's the first place you take them? Uh, usually Radius. I mean, if they arrive in the afternoon, we'll go get like a mid-afternoon cocktail. Um, Josh and his crew up at Radius are just absolutely fantastic. If it's sometime in the evening, um, we love the vault beneath Vita. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a cocktail guy. That's kind of like where I want to go. And then, you know, if we're doing dinner, any of the places that I mentioned um, and just walking around uh, Market Square. I love that. I love that. All right. Well, we're out of time, which is hilarious. I, I mean, it genuinely feels like we talked for five minutes, but we are out of time. I appreciate your time today. I know Knoxville is going to love learning more about you because you're growing and you're part of our community. You're growing our community. Thank you for bringing something new and amazing and fun and employees and a local. And we really appreciate everything Thanks. you do. Yeah. Y'all, if you want to visit K-Brew, give us, our lo- give us the top locations so people here that are listening from out of the state can figure it out. Yeah, four locations. I'm not going to say the addresses because you'll never remember them, but you should remember knoxvillebrew.com. 
KnoxvilleBREW.com. And you can also uh, uh, follow us on social media at Knoxville Brew. All of our location information is there. Uh, we'd love to see you. Love it. Thank you so much. And everybody out there in the nation, thank you yet again for connecting Knoxville to the nation. I'm Julia Hurley, your host. Thanks again for visiting Connect the Knox. Bye, Pierce. Thank you so much. Thank you, Julia. Thank you for tuning into the show. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. And if you would like information on moving to Knoxville, send me a private message. As always, this is Julia Hurley connecting Knoxville to the nation.